practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Yo. Are you, um, in a haunted house right now? It's what it feels like, yes. It's a dark and stormy night out there. It's fucking pouring. Really? Yeah, that's why it's so dark. It just, it's like a monsoon. Yeah. Ashton the- Harvey around the porch, just. Just soaking it in. For those of you listening, normally it's bright and sunny in Casey's house, and it is. Not uh, right now. It's ghoulish. It rather really ghoulish. It's dark, yeah. Rather yeah. macabre. Oh, sorry, Casey, real quick, um, before we start, um, can you go out and get me, um, um, before we start, can you go out and get me a a cup of chamomile tea and a tuna fish sub from Subway? (laughs) Yeah, right. I don't have the the armaments for it. Uh, Because I I learned that's what Dennis Rodman will request before he gives any interviews. Ooh, a tuna fish? Tuna fish, tuna fish foot long and then uh, chamomile because he's an al- he's an alley cat with British sensibilities. He is the greatest person in the world. Yeah, I was. I that's uh, just like well, real quick. Uh, welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. I'm Hans. I'm Casey. Um, and we're discussing old Rodman's tuna fish sub habits and chamomile tea drinks. That's um, the best rider. Like, it's so specific. Do you think it was hot? Do they specify? Does he go hot tuna? Like a hot tuna melt? The, like a nice hot American slice on there? If you're heating your tuna sub at Subway. I mean, he's the guy. The worm. The worm would take a hot tuna. Why is he called the worm? I you feel know? like he gave it to himself. Mm-hmm. He strikes me as a guy who, despite... Like, Outwardly being probably the most, like, confident, tough guy. Like, he, you know, the book release, he wore a, a wedding dress. Right, right. Like, you're like, you got no problems. You don't give a shit about anything. Sure. It's like, my name is the worm because I feel like I'm a worm. <laughs> he, uh, uh. Like, because he could be so many other animals or things. Right. Or. He's Rodzilla. I mean, you, the lizard, the lizard, <laughs> he's tough. He is a tough. And he's creepy. Nothing, that's that's why he, like we discussed with Little Richard, slight last episode, slightly different dynamics. Old Dirty Rich. It's all about that confidence. Old Dirty Rich probably liked the old Dirty Ding Dong. That's all, he was, he was, that was his thing. Dennis Rodman. From everything I've seen on the documentary The Last Dance, which is what brought this up, every he talks about going to Hooters, he wants to get some mm-hmm. action, he's very into the ladies, yet his confidence is just like Little Richard's confidence. They're like, I don't see any problem with me doing whatever the fuck I want to do with yeah. my appearance. He's wearing fucking eyeshadow, talking Rodman, Matt, yeah. He, uh, it's very, it was very big in the late 90s, early 2000s for, like, dudes that were into, like, rap and hip-hop to match their sneakers with their hat color. Mm-hmm. It's very crispy yeah. to dress color-coded. Um, yeah. Dennis Rodman's like, yeah, 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 no, no, I I, I dig that, too. I like right. hip-hop, but I'm gonna nat- match my painted nails to my trucker cap. 
the whole oh, yeah. interview, Last Dance, he's got like he must beautiful, be gay. right? Exactly, and that's just what we talked about with Little Richard being Joey's stepdad on Full House. Like slightly, the punchline was like he's a little woohoo, and like I feel like in Watertown, South Dakota, with like Dennis Rodman, part of the joke as well. Well, I guess nationwide was he might be a little, but really it's just him going, I. 99.999% mm. of people that live on this planet have to adhere to something. I'm going to be I that can... one shining beacon that shows you you don't. I can do whatever. Well, it was like he's like the the youngest of like six kids and he's the only boy. Like he's the baby boy in a family of sisters. Right. So like he grew up and they were like, yeah, we we dressed Dennis up and he loved getting dressed. Oh, that's like, right. yeah. so there's like part of that in the fact that like he like did he dressed up like a woman, like you right. know, like he was he did that he did like basic baby drag, so he did it. And it's done and it didn't, like he's like it didn't affect me. I'm still one of the best defensive basketball players, if not in the top ten greatest basketball players of all time and what's interesting like, i can show up and work harder than all of you mother i can party all night sleep for three hours show up work out and still be better than 90 percent of the people who ever touch a basketball but before alien... and then i can be weird as well right like, why wouldn't you be weird like why not exactly there's so much why not and that's be that's because people feel like they have to conform to like social normities and stuff without with fear of alienating anybody listening in discussion of basketball i will make a nice transition into the basketball talking worm talking rodzilla talking about doing whatever the hell you want partying and still being that character that can mm -hmm. show his ass up on the court and show anybody up <laughs> they were in this documentary uh real quick synopsis the bulls are in the finals in the nba finals it's the biggest um dance you can get to in the nba and dennis rodman misses a practice which is a big 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 no-no in general if you're an nba player with your team he misses a practice before an nba finals game five because he's on television with Hollywood Hulk Hogan in the NWO yeah, <laughs> in Diamond right. Dallas Page with a fucking folding chair. They're like fighting in Sturgis. I was like, oh, that's right. He is. That was the culmination amazing. of that, that storyline is the Jay Leno and fucking Diamond Dallas Page beat Hollywood. That's right. He missed a practice to be on fucking WCW. I forgot all about it. Yeah. It's I love him even more now. Of course. Like, oh, my God. And the best oh is God. they show a little clip of, like, you know, one of the rap sessions. You know, like, their banter, their pre-tapes. Mm -hmm. And it's Hollywood Hogan well, sitting cutting on a promo. the couch. They're cutting, cutting promos. promos. And their promos, him sitting there like, Oh, Rodzilla, man. You're the best. I'm so glad you could show a da Diamond Dallas Page here. Like... <laughs> Like you showed up, Carl Malone in Game Four. Right, it was Carl Malone. That <laughs> I was, was like, the, oh like Malone was the fucking baby face with Diamond Dallas Page. And I was like, I've never seen Hulk Hogan sitting courtside at a fucking NBA game. <laughs> oh, yeah, he doesn't no. know who fucking Carl Malone is. Oh, I just love show. Well, that's business. the best thing. Is like I know this about Terry Bollea, who is the man behind Hogan, right? Hollywood Hulk, Hulk Hogan, that motherfucker 
never played sports. He oh. was in a band. He was a bass player in a band from Florida. He just so happened to be like big and tough. And like, it was like, cool, I can do that. I know a guy. And he knew the son of a fucking real, like, old timey, yes. like, salt, salty dog, like, regional wrestler. So he showed up with his, like, beautiful long blonde hair. And he's just naturally big, naturally. He's in a band. He's getting all the chicks. And he's like, I think maybe I will try wrestling. The guy broke his fucking leg. The guy he was wrestling against? In the tryout. Because that's the old school territory way of it. It was like, oh, you think you're the way? And like, his he knew because his son went to school with this guy. It was like, he's kind of a fucking, he's the guy. He's the surfer guy. He's the blondie band guy. So they fucking, fucking hard weighed his ass and broke his leg. And we're like, if you still want to do this, come back. And to Terry Bollea's credit, when his leg healed, he came back. And now he's fucking Hulk Hogan. He, I'm trying to remember. But he's just, he's a, like, he doesn't like sports. He never likes no, sports. No. He doesn't watch basketball or baseball. He never gave a shit. He wanted to be in the doors. Terry, And then he was like, it's easier to be a wrestler. Terry Jean, he's, no, he's a show business guy. He wanted to, he wanted yeah. to party. He's Dennis Rodman. He just happened he wants to, be to be big in the movies. and awesome yeah. at wrestling. I am so bummed because I... Hulk Hogan was not his first name when he first started wrestling. His first uh, wrestling name. And I wish I could find it because it's something beautiful. It's like a, oh, yeah, he a, was Adonis like... or something. I don't want anybody... I don't want to hold us up here, but... All no, it was, it was like, you know, Eldolfo Adonis. Like, it had one of those connotations. And then he was Terry the Hulk. Yep. And then they went, ah, cause the, it was because of the TV show, Lou Ferrigno. Incredible like, yeah, Hulk. Just your Hulk. Yeah. The Hulk. Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Just be Hulk Hogan. I think. Get that alliteration in there. I think he started out as, I talked about basketball alienating our listeners. I think he started. <laughs> Go deep old school 70s territorial wrestling. Yeah. I think he started out as um, a villain too. Oh yeah, totally. He's got to start as a villain because when you start in wrestling, if you're the young, good-looking guy, they're not going to put you over because the because back when he started, it was still territory. So it was like Minneapolis was a big yep. territory, New York was a huge territory, and that was uh, where Vince McMahon came from because that's what his dad started. They had the Southern Territory, which is Georgia, Florida, and then the big one was Memphis, and then as you go west, they had different territories, but. Each territory had their own guy. Oh, yeah. And they're all guys who look like your grandpa. Oh. Because they've been wrestling since they were 20. Oh. So now they're, you know, like the honky-tonk man or like, uh, who's the fucking one that Bob Dylan talks about? It's Gorgeous George. What about, um, so what I found out is early on, Hulk Hogan first took, or Terry Bollea first took over somebody else's character because it was a hooded character called The Super Destroyer, Perfect. originally played by, best wrestling name ever, Don Jardine. Oh, John Jardine. <laughs> Don Jardine. Those are the best. That, uh, Probably Canadian who ended up in Florida. Oh, I don't like this. He, it, what's amazing is I wish I got to send you this picture. Picture Don Jardine, big wrestling mm. singlet. He's got um, a luchador mask on. He's from 
Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada, born 1940. I knew he was from Canada. But his wrestling belt, because he wrestled down in Alabama, is just a wrestling belt, and where the championship logo should be, it's just the Confederate flag. Ooh, <laughs> take that, Jardine, French-Canadian. Before he was a super destroyer, he was just called the Spoiler. That's Ooh, badass. that's a good one. Especially now? Like, back then, as a connotation, oh, he spoiled the match, he he was the underdog, but now there's another extra level of spoiler. Oh, yeah. He gets all your favorite TV shows first, and then he's cutting the promos on, ripping on how the, the new season of Desperate Housewives ends. Desperate has been on for 30 years. So, it, but, in this Wikipedia, it also has who each wrestler is trained by, and he was trained by Billy Watson, the Whipper. Which I'm sure Ooh, ah, that's just a, a slap. That's a wet slap. Oh, man. The whipper. Oh God! I you take a hard forearm off that guy. He throws you into the ropes, and he's working stiff. And you get like I think he punched me in the mouth. I think if maybe if I could go back, just talking, just in the tiny little snippet we got to talk about wrestling and the new people I've even learned in these last two minutes. If I could go back in yeah. time, talk to my younger self. And we always say, like, hey, focus, man. You got to focus on this. I know you're having fun. I might be like, hey, I want you to focus because you got to get in this world of wrestling. No, I'm not telling you to get in the weight room and get in the ring. I want you involved in storylines. I want you back of the bus in it, traveling to and fro, cutting promos. Maybe a sweet side manager gig would be real nice. Oh, no, you couldn't. There was a guy. Of course, he got ousted from the league because he's uh, a chauvy oh. but there was a guy there was like two guys from new york and they did the indie circuit and he's just like a scrawny little guy and he was so good on the mic he went by he's like was enzio marconi or some Shh. bullshit enzo okay. and then his partner was a big cast from staten island just this big guy so it's a little guy who could do kind of rope work like he couldn't do like awesome luchador flips and like a 360 splash but he was good enough and light enough that the big guys could just throw his ass around but everybody loved him because he was just a foul-mouthed guy from new york sure so he like the world was his oyster and then you know he got chauvy tint like me he got me too'd which wouldn't be surprised i'm surprised the wwf hasn't just collectively gotten me (laughs) too just round them all up I mean, yeah, and and but they 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 trump they trample down they double down. You watch is it WWE now? You watch WWE. Yeah, they are they take that they print out copy they just print out on their Epson WF workforce two nineties mm-hmm. pages <laughs> that just say hashtag Me Too and just drop trow and have sexy women in bikinis take dumps on them. They double. The fuck down. See that they have so they've had to backpedal so much from when we watched it in high school when it literally was just like the women's division is just a bikini wrestling contest. Yes. And then all the top tier talent just sits on the rope and goes, ooh, ooh, like hooting and hollering. Like it was an eighties teen movie. Of course. Absolutely. Like now they can't do that because it has evolved. Like they can't do like the old school thing is called get color, and that's where you 
you work it and then you bleed. Oh, yeah. So you give yourself a little oh, cut yeah. and then you bleed. Oh, yeah. Or you're like, hit me in the nose, I'm a bleeder. You know, right. like, let's get let's get some color, spice this matchup. Uh, they can't do because they they're trying to be as like PG PG thirteen as possible, which is good because all of like they now have actual wrest female wrestlers like women wrestlers that are some of the best technical wrestlers. I get like yeah. they're not forced to just be like let's get the woman with the most expensive boob job to run crawl out of a grave because the undertaker was going to bury her alive now i agree with that 1000 percent. like their actual like talent talent yes. not just like the arm candy eye candy that they were for most of existence of the wrestling now i'll pose something with you i agree with that but i did happen to see wwe raw it's, they're they're not good writers. I guess they're like, sometimes trying they're... hard because I did see a couple badass female matches, and here's my argument: and they were as good of wrestlers as excuse me as the as you talk about wrestling, you gotta gotta let gotta out a burp, little. You gotta gas. throw a burp in there. <laughs> um, but they were wearing like a string bikini and stuff. So, but that here's my argument. So are so are so, many wait, of the guys. So the I men, guess yeah. there's an equal footing there. And yeah. I was like, well, and clearly, what do I know? It appears that there's some serious breast job done, but there's some fake butt cheeks, you know, running across the stage. Oh, those men are more prim and proper than those ladies ever. We're like, easy on these calves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I paid sixty grand for these beautiful calves. Do you think Hulk Hogan has anything insured by Lloyd's of London or whoever does oh, that? Man. I would be the mustache. Like, no, no face work. You can't hit him in the face. No schnot. Like no muzzle. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, he's always been like low impact. Like, you know that. That's my favorite because having watched it as a kid and you're like, these are the titans of modern mythology. Like, oh, that Hulk Hogan, when that leg comes down, it must feel like the iron girder fell on your chest. Right. And then he still does it now, but like the performers are better and they take better care of it. So there are moves that you're just like, he still does that same old like listening to the crowd, give him the old gun. Hit that lazy rope, hit him with the lazy leg, and the guy just sells for him because it's Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that's fine by me. I don't need a couple back rakes, maybe. Yeah. Ooh, spicy, they got me. That's what I want. I want the show. I want the the quote-unquote fake. I don't want to see two guys fighting. Oh, no, of course not. Like, that's that's why I never got into UFC, because as much as I... I, I love, like, I love a fucking story about boxing, like, oh yeah Tyson, like a documentary about Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, I'll watch that shit all day. I'm not into, like, the 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 drudgery of the match. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like watching, like, war. Like, I love the story, and I like the, like, everything about it. I just don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've grown to love wrestling, because it is just greek theater it's just theater the most basic good bad 
and then these people are the most physically talented performers you can imagine. Yeah, exactly. You can't take that away for sure. It's like when So you... once you're like, "Oh, it's fake." Yeah, it's fake, but look at what th- these people can do. It... Look at what they can sell, like the emotion. Like it's better than some TV shows that are scripted. And it's scripted, but yeah, they're doing it live for you. That's like uh it's I'm just, uh, nobody's listening. That's a professional figure skater. Yeah. It's like watching figure skating. You're like, I don't really watch figure skating. And then it's on, and you're like, well, and you're like, Holy you start, shit. and then maybe it's something, some jazzy music. Maybe it's a speed, something with a little pep. But regardless, as soon as you see one of those jumps, something, at least in me, something triggers in my brain that's yeah. just like, what did I just see? Like how? Like like my how mind takes human? like um, takes like uh, you follow like the synapse back in time, and you're like. How did somebody start from not being able to do that to just, yeah. like, how'd they get in the air to turn, you know, f- five rotations and then land back on this eighth inch blade? You know what I mean? And I'll see the same yeah. thing, like, with wrestling. Like, how did that luchador, I know they talked about it before, and I know they probably patted each other on the back and talked about it three seconds before he did it. Like, I'm going to do the mm-hmm. rope frog turn. How did that guy just run into the rope, jump? fucking scissor that guy's neck wrap neck. around him spin and this 200 pound guy around and neither of and both of you can get back up yeah no that like that's what i like the level of they're in it together i know the story is that they hate each other but the fact that they have practiced it so much that like you said he can jump off the ropes hit you with his legs also wrap his legs around your own neck and then you have the wherewithal to spin and then fall and look like it hurt you, but also make sure he, he doesn't land on his hurt. fucking head yeah. as well. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I'd, ra- I'd rather watch So, that. like, it is fake. Like, fuck it. Like, just watch it for that. I don't know if... I think that was just... Is that even a thing anymore? That was huge for me as a kid. Yeah. Is wrestling no. fake? Is it was like the Santa Claus question. I don't kids got too many choices. Like <laughs> you gotta be I would say what wrestling I... is as even though it's like the mo- most popular hmm. It, wrestling has always been it, like it's like Trump supporters. Wrestling with mm-hmm. its base has always been at ninety percent and it's never gonna go away. But no. if you love it, you love the it. The era you and I were watching it, wrestling expanded to where it had like this other group, like of the yeah of the the rest of the public at like seventy five percent. It was amazing. Yeah. So now wrestling still has that ninety percent. That's like, oh, get the Indian guy. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But that seventy five percent has dwindled to like ten percent. So it's very, very niche to still from what i know especially for like kids to tune into wwe raw i could be wrong but there is more like fun things like there are there there are more other wrestling programs that are you can just get into like wwe feels now to me like when my grandmother watched like brave and the bold (laughs) right yeah your story like if you watch it you kind of get into it because of the melodrama but you're also like I know this is not good. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just been around forever. Right. Also, I 
just recently read that they wanted uh, Nick Cage to play the part of uh, Ronnie the Ram in The Wrestler. Oh, really? And Nick Cage, the only reason they didn't cast him because they're like, he looks too non-broken. Like, he doesn't look worn down enough to be like a B-level wrestler. So that's the only reason Nick Cage wasn't in it. But up until that point, like they said, I don't know. Maybe this is just Nick Cage playing into the mythology of Nick Cage. He was just like, he thought it was real. Wrestling? Which is the most Nick Cage thing to say. It was like, yeah, I assumed Hulk Hogan was probably the strongest man that ever lived. Yeah. But that is, doesn't that, isn't that the most Nick Cage on brand? It's, it's like if Bill Murray said that, you'd be like, oh, fuck, damn, Bill Murray thought it was real? That's crazy. Yeah. Bill yeah. Murray's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's tuna sub mythos right there. Yeah. I, um, what was I going to say? I, not Nick. Oh, Nick Cage. Did we talk about him? They want him to play, uh, he can be Tiger Man, huh? Tiger King. I, I mean, I texted you. I think I messaged you guys about it. Like, I mean, why would they? But also, why not? Yeah, why like, not? To see Nick Cage do that part, because he's not going to do it. Like, he's not going to mimic him. He's going to Nick Cageify it, which Ashley and I just, it, it was on HBO and we hadn't seen it in forever, but Raising Arizona. Amazing. Like, it's so, and that was the first Coen Brothers movie I'd ever seen. And I watched it a lot when I was a kid. Sure. And we were talking about when we had seen this the first time. And rewatching it, I was like, I didn't know. Like, why did I see this movie so much? Like, why did this movie resonate with me so much as a kid? Because I didn't get any of the jokes. Sure. The movie is shot and feels like a Looney Tunes. Mm. Yeah, sure. Episode. It's just. It feels like Roger Rabbit without the cartoons. It's super over the top. Because they do all of the, like. Everything is just a little bit over the top. Like, all the scenes, even the menacing scenes aren't, like, Coen Brothers menacing. Like, we know what they can do to scare the shit out of you. Sure, of course. Like, they intentionally chose to do the opposite. It's about a kid. They steal a kid from a house. Right. And yet it's goof, and the kid jumps on him, and it just, I was like, that's why I watch this all the time, because those gags are universal and will always be universal. right it always works so yeah there's so many movies as a kid that i watched and in retrospect i was like why was i why would why, why did i constantly tune into that but i watched raising arizona all it was on one of the we always talk about our the bootleg vhs's and it was on the three dog lineup that's a full cycle and i always watched it always if i was watching that tape i watched raising arizona and it followed by ivanhoe I feel like Return of the Jedi was first, so it was... Yeah, we had all of our Star Wars movies were on individual VHSs, three movies to a VHS, but in the middle of each VHS. So you had to watch, and don't don't get me wrong, it's not a chore, but... Or I guess you could fast forward, but who wants to do that? You had to watch Back to the Future to get to A New Hope. You had to watch. All- so you said you have the, you, it's like the the weird meal that you never knew. Like so, for you, for all time, Back to the Future and New Hope are tethered Absolutely. together because you always watch them together. Of course, of course. Uh, uh, romancing the Stone and yes, Empire Strikes yes. Back. Oh my god! Uh, and there you go. There's a Romancing remember- the Stone. That movie's 
so big and over the top and the last movie that you would anticipate a kid my age constantly going back to watch. I just always like rubbed my eyes extra hard and pretended it was an Indiana Jones movie that I yeah yeah never existed right and 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 it's actually a, an awesome movie if you watch it as an adult and get the jokes. Devito, Michael Douglas, yeah, um, Sybil Shepherd, right? Soaking. Was it? It's not. No, it wasn't, wasn't Sybil Shepherd. It was a uh, Kathleen yeah, Turner. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Kathleen Turner. Um. Oh, that's, so, kind of, like, getting back to Raising Arizona and Nick Cage, I feel like Nick Cage, although he makes a lot of garbage, if he feels like Mm it, he's gonna go for it. I feel like, just because he doesn't necessarily look beat up, he could have crushed that role as well. Oh, yeah, he could have. He could have handled himself with that. He just didn't look sad enough. Hmm. He could do it now, I like, totally do it now. Did you ever see that movie, Joe? I don't, no, I don't think so. Uh, it's um, I think it's Seth Gordon Green is the writer. He works with oh, yeah. um, D- Danny McBride. He did the new Halloween, and he works with he directed a ton of Eastbound and Downs and Vice Principals mm-hmm. and Righteous Gemstones. Uh, it's a Nick Cage movie that he did, and it's just like a weird modern western. Like Nick Cage is in like Southern Alabama. And he just runs a team of guys who uh, just cut lumber. Okay. But, you know, he's just like a broken down dude and he goes to a, like a crappy brothel. And then this kid comes into his life and he kind of takes him under his wing to try and protect him. It's a good movie. It's really good. Yeah, it's... And it plays against type because Nick Cage has the beat up truck. And he's always driving into the work I've scene. I've seen this movie. Yeah. yeah, and you would expect it to be country music, and it's always like the throatiest, dirtiest metal songs. Like yeah, 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 yeah. And then he shuts the truck off, and you're it like I, I always love that because it puts you off just a degree because you're like, oh, this guy's into fucking metal, and he's got metal shirts on under his like plaid. I can't believe I hadn't thought of that movie in, in years. That's you're absolutely right. Metal transition. Did you happen to take a gander at that song I sent you and Henning? The Scorpion. Oh, Winds yes, of Change. Yes, of course, yes. Yep, yep, Did yep. Did you get a little taste of why I sent you that? I knew the song. I know the band. And I didn't, I haven't yet had a chance to dip my toe into the, uh, the greater tableau of their existence this is joy work highly recommended really fun real quick setup real quick right here whatever amount we can play without getting in trouble 15 seconds of the scorpions winds of change So that's a little taste of that song. Everybody needs to go listen to that song, and I don't see why you wouldn't after just hearing even that tiny intro. That song came out in 1991. 
I'm only going to give a little bit because I discovered what I'm going to talk about here on a podcast that everybody should go listen to after you listen to Get Caught Up With Jerk Practice called Wind of Change. Of course, yes. Um, it's under the moniker of like the uh, Pod Save America people, but it's this um, exploratory podcast into that song that this guy has been ruminating on since 2011 when a source that they can't disclose told him, a source that used to work for the CIA, told him that, hey, you know that Scorpion song uh, from 1991? That was written by the CIA to help speed <laughs> up the uh, disbanding of the USSR. It was written so as soon as the wall came down, it was like an uprising song. And so it was released originally... And so I won't give anything away in the podcast, but that's the premise. And this guy's like, is that fucking true? And then it starts off with just like a phone call to this CIA guy. And you don't hear anything on his end. And mm -hmm. it's just like, essentially, he's like, I'll go to federal prison if you were to I implicate me in this. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's a true story, but I'm out of it. I'm out of it. Um, anyway, so this guy has to go investigate like what's going on he talks about this rock festival and the scorpions and just little taste you're like that's too weird this west german band metal band the scorpions like all of a sudden could have so these much secret agents influence. team up with the cia but then you find out they were literally like they were globally the most popular band on the planet like wind of change that's is insane. the 13 biggest seller in of all time before digital downloads. Like it sold more than Michael Jackson's, you know, bad. Like sure. it's, it was huge and it was released Jesus. first. So it's a West German band that released all their songs mm -hmm. in English because they wanted to be more global or whatever. They just wanted they to wanted be, be fucking, fucking Rocky rock like a hurricane. Yes. Like let's not bury the lead. Everyone's heard Rocky like a hurricane. Yet this, at least once this song first time ever, first time since, was released originally in 1990 in Russian. For whatever reason, so it wasn't released in English until 1991. It, this That's podcast is called Wind of Change. Listen to the song. I listened to the song because I was like, I think I know that song. I YouTubed it and I was like, oh, I got to listen to this podcast. This is amazing. And it that sounds is, awesome. It is for if anybody wants to have a, a little bit of fun and, and follow a narrative um, podcast, it's. I highly recommend Which is, like, which is, tracks so well, like, there's a great book, and you've got to take it with a grain of salt, obviously. It's called Legacy of Ash, mm -hmm. and it's about the CIA, the history of the CIA from its inception when it was the OSS. Yeah. When it started in World War II, up until, like, just, because they wrote the book before Obama, so it's basically the end of uh, George W. Bush's last term. Sure. And one of the biggest things they talk about in the book, and it's like why the CIA worked so well when it works is because they're so savvy. So like that song, like what they do when they were fighting the Russians, because the biggest thing was it's Russia. It is the USSR in the Cold War, but it's Russia. Right. And Russia has been doing espionage since the 1600s sure so they're like this is one of the oldest countries on the planet and they've been doing it 
since Europe has been Europe. Right. So the biggest thing was like, how does America combat? Like they had just have connections, just old connections, old family connections. If you think about it, it's just like it, it gets to the point of where it's not even spy work anymore. It's just like you know a guy that knows a guy in your family knows a family, and they just like they've been in Europe for so long. Right, right. So it's like, how does America combat? This entrenched entity, even though it's still the USSR, it still has the apparatus of European spycraft. And it was just like, American show about the fucking briefcase of money. Yeah, exactly. They uh, they have rock and roll. They just have the, like that mercurial thing. It was like, yeah, that's how we do it. That See if it works. And it does. Like fucking blue jeans. Your Yankee fucking blue jeans. That's it. To quote clerks, like it's just like if they weaponized cool for that moment in time, and that's all it took. That's what uh, a really cool line from a, a he talks to a lot of people in this um, podcast was just like a CIA agent's like because they're all like they, even if you're in the CIA, even if he talks about like even if you have top secret clearance, which this guy does, this guy, mm-hmm. this journalist, because his basically yeah. works for the New Yorker. And he's, he's like, been their conspiracy theory writer, editor for years and years and years. He, he loves it to the point where, and he would investigate these stories in the CIA, to the point where, like, the CIA is like, all right, here's the deal. We're going to do some background checks on you, and we'll let you have top secret clearance in the CIA for one year. He's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And as soon as he gets Shit. into the building, he's like, oh. He's like, 152,000 Americans have top secret clearance in the united states it means nothing <laughs> it's like, like, they, like ah, there's way more going on so even all these cia people he talked to like they don't all know what's going on like it's so insulated and everything so we'll talk to these people and they're all like that's crazy totally possible like of course and then somebody says is like yeah the best kind of propaganda or the only kind of propaganda that really works is the propaganda that doesn't look like propaganda. It's fucking propaganda. That's it. Like, yeah. That's how it works. So you want to, you want to like help break up the Soviet Union that's been hammering against heavy metal rock and roll for the last decade, not allowing in their country. You fucking release a bad Maybe some rock and roll music. And that's all about like the winds of change, like bringing, uh, bringing change to uh, East Germany. Oh, so good. Such a good podcast. It's like you funnel money and, like, Metallica plays in Russia. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how it... You have to because you need the pressure valve of, like, my people want this. And it's just, like, they show up and they're like, it's so cool. It's fucking Scorpions. It's It's so good. And, of course, if you can't listen to that and not go, I know Rocky like a hurricane. Scorpions are so fucking awesome. They are so... They got the bench. They've got, like... 35 studio albums and they were doing heavy metal since like 1962 like these guys <laughs> were old old dogs like to to give you an example like when you're like oh yeah scorpions motley Crue, um skid row yeah 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 heavy metal 80s by the time motley Crue had that what was it dr feelgood that big album yeah. that exploded and kind of the whole scene mm-hmm. exploded um the scorpions were on their 12th studio album you know what I mean? Jesus so, Christ. And that was the other thing they talk I don't want to keep giving stuff away and it's not, but like another thing that makes you go like, that is a little weird is like 
Winds of Change is like the only ballad the Scorpions did. Like all their other songs are literally called like Virgin Slayer. And like they're all like literally Spinal Tap-esque metal. And then they come out with this like geopolitical anthem, which is a little. I feel like, I mean, because you you had talked about a few weeks ago, you got to be in your bonnet about some really shitty music that you heard on your drive. So I finally, like, have been driving because it started work back up again. Um, and the, like, what was on in the car was Country Music Station, which is fine. I like country music. Yeah, too. Um, but it played all the new shit. So I was like, eh, I'm kind of, I'm over it. It's really bothering me. So I finally scrolled through and I was like, oh, I found the, the local rock station. That was a cool change of pace. Yeah. And I got, I got maybe on the two weeks I've been driving, I got one Tool song. A couple Soundgarden songs, and nothing like. There's this one they keep playing, and it's from a band. And I'm I'm calling them out. Call them. It's on the list. They're called Five. This is the name of the band. They're called Five Finger Death Punch. Okay. Pretty metal name. Yeah, I was like, oh, sure. cool. Like they're like, and the it has your classic like rock coats. It's like, okay, we got the new single from Five. Finger death punch. Yeah, got some kick. Nothing's gonna change. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm ready to hear something heavy because I hadn't heard anything heavy yet. Sure. Nothing that was coming across the air other than like 90s heavy, like Black, Black Hole Sun. Yeah, not right. heavy. Good, right. but not heavy. I hadn't heard anything heavy. I was ready for something heavy. Got a new single from Five Finger Death Punch. And it's just like, <laughs> it's such a bait and switch. And it's just the saddest, sacky songs. The guy's just like, I don't feel good today. Nothing feels good for me. I'm kind of pissed off today. It just lists things that bother him when he wakes up in the morning. Oh, yeah. Does any of it involve death punches? Nothing. Nothing. And he's like, and even when it, like, they build to a crescendo and you're like, here's where they're going to crash. Boom. They're going to bring the guitars in. Goes back solemn. It's like, I got real high today. Uh-huh. It didn't make me feel very good. It did? I lost someone close to me today. Oh. <laughs> it's like, you need a spanking. You, you need a spanking. Oh, all right. I got <laughs> to check this out. Maybe we'll all listen to a little taste right here. I'm a little bit off today. Something down inside me is different. Woke up a little off today. I can tell that something's wrong. I'm a little thrown off today, there's something going on inside me. I'm a little bit off today, a little bit off today. And yeah. they never yeah. bring it, never, never rock, yeah. it's just him sad. He's sad, which is fine, you're allowed to be sad, use sadness. Some of the best art comes from... Sounds like you're letting these Working guys through your shit, but it's just a laundry list of things that annoy the guy. I'm gonna have to go, did you check out any of their other, any bit of the other catalog or anything? I haven't yet. Could I? Because I just heard it again today. I went in to do some deep cleaning, and it came up again. And I was like, I gotta bring it up to Hans because the song is just the the most jerk practicey jerk practice song. And it's just like that's just a crochet. All he does is something 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 today, and I don't like whatever it is. Something 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 today. <laughs> just a list. It's a list. I, I like a good list. Sounds like they got a. It sounds like maybe a Sugar Ray situation. Where maybe they were rocking and rolling as Five Finger Death Punch. Like, Sugar Ray and used to be a, like, surf punk rock band. 
And yeah. then, you know, a record producer or something came and saw him and was like, yeah, yeah, all right. These guys can play their you instruments. You guys want to make a shit ton of money? Uh, you're a good-looking lead singer. You have a voice. Let me give you this. Riding in the back of my car. God, I don't know what the song is. <laughs> like riding yeah, cars. I, I, I don't know what their song was. Some, I forget. I just want to fly. That is, you know, just oh, yeah. pop. But they yeah. packaged it still kind of punk, rocky, sublimey. But those yeah. guys could have all been wearing maroon suits, you know, and... Well, that's the bet, like, when you're angling for... And that's what this song felt like. It felt like all of that, like, early 2000s, like, Creed-esque mm. rock. Like, feeling rock. And again, everybody, do you. Do your thing. Do your thing, Train. I guarantee you, Train is probably, you know, having a, having a good time. Yeah, having a good time today. But it's not for me. Casey's taking a little... Harvey Breakaroo. I can transition to something as Casey comes back. I just got a news update that Donald Trump is taking hydroxychloroquine, the drug much touted on his end to help in the aid of the coronavirus after you've been infected by it. A lot of a lot of debate as to whether it helps at all. No one has discussed taking it beforehand in fact i think it's very dangerous because the only people that have come out to talk about it and like yeah that drug uh, can really be bad for your for your heart rate so he might be hoisted on his own petard i was just telling the audience that a news feed a news flash just came on my feed that donald trump just announced that he's regularly taking hydroxychloroquine to Ooh, aid okay. in the, um, uh, what would you say? To um, ward off the old the Coroni Tony, which is absolutely oh, yeah. insane, because I think it, the 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 jury's out as to if it helps you after you've got it, which is fine. I think once you got it, and you're getting sick. Throw whatever at the wall. Yeah, who gives a shit? Other than the people that are like, sure, no, you need to look at other symptoms because you'll just stop somebody's heart. And they're dead either way. But nobody's talking about taking it like a vitamin. So it's just amazing. Yeah, right. Yeah, so no, amazing. yeah, exactly. Like, it's an anti-malarial yeah. drug. If you take it every day of your life, it'll probably kill you. Yeah. But if you take it, if you get malaria or coronavirus, yeah, it probably yeah, helps. exactly. Maybe he has coronavirus. I don't know. I think he's doubling down because that guy that kind of got ousted. He's too much of a germaphobe. I don't think he has it. Right. And the sheer amount of people around him that are close who have either had it or been in contact with it, I think he's that that shit's hazmat. Like, he sleeps in a cocoon. Right, 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 right. Oh, yeah, I, I believe he... Nobody wants to get it. He certainly... No. I don't know. Here, here, over, under. If he were to get it, would we ever know that he had it? I... I think part of the reason he does the thing every day mm-hmm. is to prove that he's not sick. Right. But even if... Like, he gets up in front of the people every single day. Uh, I, I think we would know if he had it, because he all of a sudden would just disappear. Do you think, or would... He calls the shots, like, what if he had it, and this is a really deadly virus, but 
you do have to look mm-hmm. at it also the majority of people that do contract it do have don't don't die from it that's just a fact no you just get real sick but many people i don't know what the, the majority of people get sick but not even real sick that's what that's what they're showing yeah so what if you got the sick but not real sick you think do you think they they come out i guess could you conceivably have it and then they, they could trace it back that was trump trump literally just got everybody sick i don't know i don't know i think it would so there's two ways of looking yeah, at i don't it. know boris johnson the prime minister of the uk Mm-hmm. was on the yeah. same plane with Trump, like the same path of like, this is just like a bad flu, it'll go away, you know, everybody's panicking. And then his ass got it, and he got it really, really bad. And yeah, there were some side tears that are like, well, you kind of got your fucking little bit of your comeuppance. But yeah. they're also like, I don't want the dude to die from anything. And it yeah, ended up not. turning yeah. things around. One, it turned his heart three sizes too tall too big. because he was like i think they're still shut down like they're really it really did the trick if you will as far as him being like i think we really need to buckle down but it also his poll numbers went through the roof because he came out and he was like tony uh uh john is tony chenille um alvin like he like na- he name checked all the nurses and everybody that like stayed up and helped him and everything he's like those guys are actual like heroes and everything. And he's like, this is a really dangerous disease. And I'm super thankful to be on the other side of it. And I wouldn't be from healthcare workers. And everybody's like, he's the best. Right. Yeah. So he was coming off a hot janky Brexit. Yeah. Like oh, he needed he it. A, he got a booster. You think he was licking door handles the whole way? Just like, give me this shit. I got it. Well, I got to That's the it. thing though. This guy really did. There's, um, uh, a week before he contracted it or tested positive for it, he went to a coronavirus, not a coronavirus ward, to a hospital and made a point to everyone. shake everybody's hand. So that's just like, that's FDR washing his face in the old polio swamp, you know? <laughs> just please, God, give me polio. Can you imagine? He got polio because he and shows the different times we live in, right? Like, he was talking, he was addressing a Boy Scouts of America troop. Like, you know, we can do this. You're going to be America's new adventurers. And then took a ladle yeah. sip out of their communal drinking tub. And fucking, you oh my know. God, is that what it yeah, was? It's just, just like this blue blood, yeah. prim and proper guy from New York. It's like, nah, I'll drink your, uh, what is this? The Levens water? Why not? I'm from New York. Sure. Oh my god, they have polio now. Right, you know that was like a, some side PR guy. Like, it'll look good for the camera. Drink out of the same, drink out of the horse trough. You know you can fake yeah. it. You can bring that ladle up and then just drop it. You don't have to like put it in your mouth, FDR. It's like a stage cup of coffee. There's nothing in there, FDR. That's true. But he's living up to Teddy. So he's like, well, oh, what Teddy yeah. can do, I can, I can attempt to do. Which is funny. He's like, I'll never be able to be a homesteader on a ranch. I'll go hang out with the Boy Scouts. <laughs> he gets polio. <laughs> like, Teddy Roosevelt got shot in the chest. Uh, it's like, let me finish my speech. Oh, I bet Teddy Roosevelt was just riddled with worms. And... Wasn't he born with polio? And, like, he his body destroyed He was it? born with one of those 19th century Affluenza. Mis- mystery illnesses. Like, 
he's got the you know he, he's got the l- little jumps you know like right. he was just he's got the Sangiovese. <laughs> oh, like, what is that Teddy was oh. born withered, and so I <laughs> for my birthday uh, years back, withered. Meg took me to his birth home in New York, which is on like Twentieth Street on the uh, West Side. And uh, it actually burned down, so they rebuilt it to scale or whatever. And you go into his room, and they have, like, his, like, handcrafted workout equipment. Like, from Tiffany's or something. But, like, he worked... Because he did the, the mythos is, like... Technically, he was born with, like, really bad asthma, and he was just a sickly child. And his dad was like, well, you can be sickly for your life, but you can pull yourself up from your bootstrap. But he had those amazing, like... Again, 19th century tools like bowling pins and shit. Like that's like how he worked right, out. Yeah. Like he juggled with like weighted. He's like circus, the circus re- yeah, regime. Exactly. And those were the the highest stars of the day. Your traveling circus. Yeah. So uh, yeah, then F- FDR guys go back and look at a picture of FDR. Um, you know, like as an inf- not an infant, but as a toddler. You know, where they pose you for those pictures. And he literally looks like he's got the frilly collar on and oh, the long. What, the what am I? Oh, dandy! The long curly hair with the ribbons. The in trellis, it, you know? yeah. Just complete wealth. His dad was like seventy nine when he was born. <laughs> like it was his dad's like third trophy, which wife. is a hundred right, in exactly. modern living. So he was straight up raised, you know, by his mother, who when he bought a home. She bought the home. She bought them the she, home, yeah. and her house was right next, like the brownstone there in New York. Like, uh, you know, didn't have an easy time in uh, old FDR's relationship, other than his legs. Old um, Eleanor had a little rough, rough go. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't get the. She doesn't get the. Uh, she does not clout. get the. She should the respect. And she lived the life like she was friends with Coop. Like she was friends with Amelia oh, Earhart. Yeah. Like just like. You know what? I'm gonna be me. Fuck it. Oh yeah, she. Yep, she was a uh, an old dirty Rodman of her day. Ellen, the worm, the original worm. It, yeah, <laughs> Eleanor the worm. the worm. What would so if Rodman's Rodzilla? She party all night and work all day, baby. Ellen Roar. Ah. Ellen Roar. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so you're. Oh, I was gonna say when we're talking about all this. So, hard transition. Mm-hmm. Fast food, particularly Hardee's, it's a young man's game. I bet it I is. I went. Yeah. Uh, Hardee's has a Beyond Meat, bur- a Beyond Meat thick burger. Uh, and you were you were brand oh, loyal. Yeah. Like you're like if they got a Beyond Meat, I'm I'm trying I the Hardee's Beyond. So I went. Meg and I went out. We had to. Uh, where we had to pick something up curbside, and I was like, you know what? There's a Hardee's 15 minutes from here. It was on an island. There's a Hardee's <laughs> on an island near here. I hear they have a Beyond Meat burger. Or I know they have a Beyond Meat burger. So we went through the drive-thru. I got a du- double Beyond Meat thick burger. Fries. Large, large super size at large. There you go. I took like a three and a half. I didn't take a three and a half. In my dreams, I took a three and a half hour nap. What I did what is shut my eyes, and where I come to the premise, it's a young man's game. I have a two year old 
who says go fuck yourself if you think you're going to eat a thick burger and get away with it and then take a big I'm shot. so <laughs> tired, so tired. Just, oh man, you had the fucking deliriums, the burger tremens. I should have known better. It was, it was the Lord up above that told me because the first fry I took, I've never had... You chew and eat food your whole life. I don't know how many fries I've consumed mm-hmm. in my life. Tens of thousands, if not more. Tens of thousands. I've done things. I've bitten my cheek. I've bitten my tongue. I've this and that. I've I've had a canker sore. This and that. I've never went to eat a fry, had it gets jammed in between my two front teeth, and then come down in the middle of my inner lip like a serrated blade. And just slice open. So my first bite, stuck a fry in, jammed, middle of the teeth, comes down, slices the inside of my lip up, full of that nice, hearty, seasoned salt on the fries. (laughs) (laughs) And a little ketchup in there. I was just like, in all my years, of all the things, like you're going to hurt yourself in however many different ways, you hit your shin for the first time. Yeah, but this is going to be... Never would I ever thought something stuck in between my teeth. That's your cherry pit. Yeah. You're like, read the fry leaves on that one. It was like, that first fry is the the widow maker. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. Save that for tomorrow. Oh, and it laid you low, huh? Gut buster? Tough. I mean, it was delicious. It's just, I mean, it just really is. I mean, this is a fucking bucket of Coke Zero. Coke Zero. Oh, <laughs> How dare you? Gotta get that zero on that. I, I mean... <laughs> It's delicious. I also, as I just before I cut my classic me, just can't keep my mouth shut. The person who was very nice that took our order had a mask on, gloves on, low hat, mm-hmm. very lovely, beautiful southern drawl, very much a man, very much got called ma'am. I got very much stink eyed <laughs> from Meg. <laughs> and I knew it as soon as I came out of the mouth. I went, ah, why even? Why you? Why just say thank you? Just yep. Why'd I have to to gender that? Thank then, you. <laughs> Thank you. S- <laughs> Thank you, Lady Hardies. Oh, we got musked. We got Tesla. Jerk practice. Jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. Let's see. I saw the ghostly dots coming my way from Casey. Something could have happened. Something could have went awry. Yeah, uh, I got my computer's restarting. Uh, Harvey hit the switch, and all of my stuff is hooked up to that light switch. Yep. So my computer's just rebooting right now, and I'll call you back when it. Well, I don't know. Meg's got to do some yoga here in a second. Okay. I, I got well, you. I got you recorded right now. Did I miss something? Did I eat on you with my? Uh... Oh no, no, you're good. <laughs> We're so sorry. Oh, I don't care. That's fine. That that's that's the tea leaves, Casey. That's the tea leaves. Right. No, exactly. We were just talking about it. That's perfect. That's perfect. Believe me, this baby's gonna get plumped up with winds of change. Some five finger death punch. Five finger death punch. Uh, Some Terry Bollea. Some. We are a real American. Sorry. Don't have to be sorry. No, it's great. It's great. And I've had to, I'm holding my Hardy's cup up to Casey, my gallon, 
I've had to pee for like 95 minutes and we've only been recording <laughs> for 59. So I can't tell you how many times I've sat down to record the podcast and I went, I should have gone to the bathroom first. Which is, I don't know why I went. Which I is just, why and I don't know why that's just our nice Midwestern sensibilities, even with each other, that we can do anything. Like, right. Well, I don't want to offend to get up to use the bathroom. I would hate to break the conversation to use the, the WC. <laughs> I'm sitting on a toilet right now. <laughs> we have a friend who uh, sent us a link because she's like, I don't know how I feel about going to people's houses. She's like, I think I got to bring my own toilet. And I was like, what would your own toilet look like? Literally a bucket with a toilet seat on it. Amazon. You can buy it. Oh, you're a travel toilet? Yeah, I thought it would be more elegant. It's just a bucket with a toilet seat on it. I could, yeah, that's gross. It's really gross. I wouldn't right? invite that person over. Or not, that's not true. Uh, once I discovered that, I would invite them over, but I'd make them enjoy the party from the yard. Right. Let's say, like, oh, I brought a couple cold ones. Ooh, they in that bucket? Is that <laughs> yeah. cooler? <laughs> Yeah, let me dump my beers out. It's my travel toilet. Oh my god, Casey, I cannot recommend this at all. There is a new <laughs> Netflix show called Absurd Planet. Have you heard of it? I put it yeah. on because I'm like, oh, it's a nature show. You know, like, oh, it's like real nature. Like, uh, it'll be interesting, but it also won't be like SpongeBob for Ruby or whatever. Um. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's what it sounds like. They're showing you like the craziest creatures ever, but it's also narrated. Like it was definitely some like sketch comedians who were like, we got to pitch Netflix a show. Let's do a science show and we'll make it funny. Nobody's talked funny over videos before. Right? <laughs> so it is, and it's really badly poorly done. Uh, America's funniest home video style. For example, no spoilers. You're going to have to at least joy work the first few seconds. They're like, first up, the dung beetle. And then they do like a Beatles parody. They're like, eight oh, no. dumps a week is what we like to munch. It's, I'm not kidding. And then they name them as they show dung beetles. Like there's a one dung and it's really hard to watch, obviously, because it's these close up high res like. There's one dung beetle just munching on the side of a mound of shit. They're like, there's Munchie! And then they're like, and it's Roly! And then, they, you know, it's like, oh, Roly, you're my favorite! Eight <laughs> dumps a week! It's just like, oh my god! Uh, it's really, really, really hard to watch because the creatures they find are disgusting, fascinating. Of course. But again, like, also, the creature they find, they'll, like, super zoom in on it, you know, so it'll be like a centipede, which you know is, like, I'm holding up, like, an right. inch long, but when it's, yeah. like, that amazing camera super close up, it looks like a dragon, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's horrific. Yeah, it's super, so, <laughs> yeah, you, all right, you have to watch that first little second, because it's not eight dumps a week, that's me, I don't know, I can't remember what Beatles song it is, it's, it's like, as oh, it might be like, love, love my poo. I oh, love to That's eat poo. It might be that one. I'm not, and I'm getting, I'm not sure. It might even be something better than that. Maybe I need to write for the show. Trademark, trademark. Double trade. Well, on that note, I think uh, I need to go do some downward dog with Meg. Yeah. Yeah, man. If you know what I'm saying. Woo. <laughs> oh, she's in the room. <laughs>
today. Oh, that That's made me as queasy as when I heard about that <laughs> Subway sandwich. And it made me sick until I remembered I've had a Subway tuna fish stamp sub. They're not bad. I'm sure not. Don't let them warm up. Put a little less That's why I'm wondering. Is it hot tuna or not hot tuna? I, I would never do it hot from them. I don't know. I don't. I, I There's only one place I've ever gotten a good tuna melt, and that was Court Square, Court, Court, Court Square Diner in Lyon City. That's the only. And that was a triple yeah. meal. They were not to that jump on anybody's line, but that was too much tuna. It's a very New York thing. So much tuna. I think because not enough. Is- yeah. crackeriest bread yeah. with the most amount of tuna. It was a ball. We were like the tuna dung beetles. Like that's <laughs> how much tuna was there. Yeah. It's too much of a good thing. But you got a little bread. You got to pull some tricks. You got a little bread left in the in the fridge. It's like Meg ate her thick burger without a bun. That bun is in my fridge because I know I'm going to be able to use that bun for a good sandwich. <laughs> Season already. Yeah, it's a re- it's a ready made Hardee's bun. It's like Pro- an old baseball glove. It's worn in, slathered with COVID nineteen. <laughs> I'll show you, ma'am. <clears throat> that mask goes up. <laughs> mask goes back. Oh yeah. Oh man, they're essential workers, Casey, and we're gonna say it and do nothing for their ass. Dun, 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 dun. I'm taking all your payback, but I'm <laughs> I am so dis- I so real quick. I Meg and I did a curbside pickup, and um, the the girl was amazing. She came. She had a mask on. I opened the car. She put it in. She kept her distance. She was super polite. And then I went in the car. I was like, Oh yeah, I got. It. I went to go tip her, and it unfortunately it was right when her manager coworker walked over and was just like, "She can't take tips." And I again saluted. Thanks for taking care of our essential workers. That you are so <laughs> full of shit. Stop. If I see another Walmart commercial, that's like, we're here for our employees, providing masks, soaps, and lotions. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> And ensuring that they have to come to work even if they're horrified. You paid them $15 an hour under duress for two months. Yeah, that's and it. now they're going to go back to nine nine fifty. That's That's it. That's like the, the argument that this guy's making. He's like, why would this Republican, you know, this Dixiecrat is like, why would, um, why would somebody want to go back to, to work when they can sit home on their rears? And make more money than if they go into a job they don't even want to be at. Got a little Bill Cosby there. And I was like, yeah, yeah well, <laughs> there's your, and lies your problem. People aren't being compensated for the shit right. jobs nobody wants to do. There you go. So here's your solution. You don't want to give people, quote unquote, free money. You're giving them, say you're giving them $15 an hour to stay at home. Give them $17 an hour and I bet they'll go back to work. There yeah. you go. There's We're your American. incentive. Yeah. Pay me more to go back to work. Because I actually want to go back to work. Everybody I've heard and every snippet has that's been home and, you know, like haven't been able to go back to work. It's like, I'm fucking bored. Why do you think just because I'm in this situation, I'm in a lower tier, like, because I have this shitty job, like, I don't want to sit at home. They were talking to a chicken wrangler and he's like, I want to go to fucking work. 
That's what I do. That's my life. I go I go do this job and it's incentivized because the more chickens this guy fucking wrangles chickens in a dark barn because if the lights are on, the chickens are too feisty. So he goes into <laughs> a pitch black barn and has to pull chickens up by their legs and throw them into full size chickens, full spurs, throw them yeah. into a, you know, a waiting van in the fucking dark. You know, and Batman with chickens and the ammonia from the chicken feces is so oh thick. God. People will pass out. This guy wants to go back to work and he's getting like, you know, unemployment. He's the guy that I would be like, that guy would never want to go back to work. And even he is like, yeah, I, I'd like to, you know, earn my keep. Right. Like, we're not all 13 year old kids. Like, right. Exactly. Movies and video games lose their luster. Right. Because you, even you, even even somebody who's like, yeah, this is pretty sweet. Sweet. I hate my job sitting home. Even they, even in the back of, uh, at least I would think in the back of your head, you're like, well, I'm getting a little too disconnected from reality here. Yeah. This is a little too. This, it's like staying home that extra day, fake and sick. Yeah. This might have been too far. I missed a quiz. No. I missed you a think quiz. It's gonna be- the sweetest day because it's the first day that you're not sick. Yep. It's the first day you can take full advantage, but you're also like, I think I'm good. Yeah. And that's also the first day that your friends are like, you know, we're going to go, we, we got a bottle of gin. We're going to go drink under the bleachers. You're like, no, but I'm not, I'm uh, gin ready, but I'm faking being no, sick. You're sick. <laughs> you're sick, dude. You can't come. Well, ma'am. It's been fun, ma'am. Disconnected. Did Harvey shut off his phone too? Oh, no, yeah. I would cut you off. <laughs> Sorry, I got bored. <laughs> Said everyone five minutes in as they were listening to the last dance uh, recap. <laughs> oh, no. I, yeah, if it wasn't your last dance, it was my my serenading the glory of territory wrestling. No, 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 no. This is all this is all good stuff. I'll 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 dump ski in some some clips so we can all see Don not Don Cheeto I forget his name already Donald Delbert Jardine Jardine oh if if there's a Jar- Jardine promo or someone cutting a promo on Jardine that's all you need. It's been Atlantic Championship Wrestling tonight the Starland Arena here in Roanoke. You'll see many uh, outstanding matches and just to mention a few, Tio Tio and Mike Stallings take on the Outlaws. Ken Dillinger, Cowboy Parker. Evelyn Stevens meets Bell Starr in a girls' match. The Avenger goes against Big Brute Bernard. And in the big main event, Sonny King takes on the mass super destroyer here. You know, Mr. Sonny King, he reminds me of a buzzsaw. You know, he's always going around the ring and going nowhere. He gets on TV and he has a lot of great statements that he's going to do this and he's going to do that. Well, Mr. Sonny King, you've got to have one thing more than a hard head. You've got to have something in that hard head. You've got to have that little five-pound matter, that brain. And if you had a brain, Mr. Sonny King, you'd be dangerous. And if brains were judged in terms of Cadillacs, you'd be going around the world on roller skates. It takes a fine mind and a fine body and the equal coordination of both to be a champion. And you are in there against the champion, the Super Destroyer, the king of wrestling, and Mr. Sonny King. 
You can throw all the punches you want, and you can dance all night if you want, because I can take everything that you can dish out. But, Sonny King, you can't take it in return, and when the going gets tough, you, Sonny King, lay down and cry like a big baby with tears rolling down your eyes. So, Mr. Sonny King, if you want to prove something, then you stand up in the center of the ring in Roanoke tonight and prove that you are the man that you're supposed to say that you are and back up your reputation that your big brother made you. Stalin Arena in Roanoke tonight.